Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got the whole squad here with you as the Avs lose their final preseason game, four mm-hmm. to three. Does anyone here care about the score on the scoreboard of this game? I'm pretty upset about it. Okay, sure you are. Look, to blow a three nothing lead and lose four three in the preseason, man. <laughs> I, I just we talk about culture and championship <laughs> expectations, oh, and I just don't under I don't understand how we're supposed to take them seriously if they keep blowing third period leads in the preseason. <laughs> it's supposed to be a tune up for the regular season. What are we even doing here? Is Colorado's best players out there? I mean, Kale McCarr is playing twenty five minutes a night and blowing this lead. Like, what are we even doing? It's ridiculous. All right, you heard it here. Cancel the season. It's not even worth playing. Uh, oh how many of these people are going to take me seriously? <laughs> too please, many. Please Definitely zero. Too please many. be zero. I don't care one single bit about <laughs> any single. They could have blown an 8 nothing lead, and I wouldn't care. It does not matter. It showed on the last-minute goal. <laughs> There was uh, some lack of lack of effort, perhaps. On no, that. he was excited. Didn't go to overtime. Ah, nah. Oh, you're talking about AJ. All right. Look, it's what I was super excited about it because that meant no overtime. Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, We'd still be watching them in the shootout. Yeah, I think there were a couple of players that were ready to hop on the plane home as well. We've seen the Avs be able to turn it on at will, and they turned it off at will tonight. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and look, like, obviously no one's going to call blowing a three-goal lead a good thing, but there are some pretty clear things that Jared Bednar is doing in the preseason, such as playing Nathan McKinnon and uh, Jonathan Drew in about three minutes of the third period. Oh, absolutely. He's acknowledged that the end of the score, that is not the best way to say that, the final score... Matters a little bit less in preseason to him. He wants to see a unique combination of players in all situations. And he got, he got a lot of different situations tonight to look at some players that you're just not going to see in those moments in the regular season. And yep. it's just good for his evaluation for a game like tonight. Yep. And, and keep in mind, that is mostly what's going on here. Yeah, it's a tune-up for the regular season in some ways for a lot of the players. But there are also still roster decisions that Jared Bednar is looking at for someone like a Riley Tufty, for someone like an Olafson. We're pretty sure he's the 4C, but he's going to have to earn that job every single day for some of the defensemen in this game. And and regardless of the result, you'll see a lot of those guys find their place in the call-up list or whatever. Every single day counts for that as far as that uh, goes for the players. But I do think there was a lot of 
positives to talk about or really actual fun hockey happened, which is sometimes a rarity for preseason. What do we think about this game and the percentage of NHL readiness of it? 80%? 85%? Sounds good. I, I'll tell you what I like out of this game is the best player in the world, Kel McCarr, looked good. That's all I care about. You know, for me, that's that's what it is. He's the best player in the world, and, you know, he showed it. He showed it the first half of the game, and he looked smooth, and he looked ready to go. He'll be ready to go next week. I love it. I was so on edge for a Curtis McDermott take right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so waiting like for he was it, man. Exactly. The best player late. in the world. And I thought late. we were gonna go right into Curtis McDermott. I was it's like, here we late. go, baby. Too late for you. I didn't wanna I didn't wanna I didn't wanna go at you. You had Kale McCarr look good. You had Nathan McKinnon, I thought, looked very good. Uh, same thing for the first half of the game. Yeah. They showed they can do it, and then they were like, all right, whatever, for the second half what, of the what game. What was the ice time? For which one? Uh, McCarr, McKinnon. Let's see. McCarr, McCarr's 24.59. Perfect. And McKinnon, 20.58. Perfect. Just to get their so, bodies into it. Perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like a real NHL game yeah, level yeah. of minutes for those guys. Uh, they're ready to go. Yep. That's real, real. Maybe back it off a couple but minutes. You know, you know what? Actually, what makes it so real and one of the positive takeaways is the power play, and yeah. a lot of that is power play time. So That's I just want to clarify that is very real. And what we saw teased in the power play is a positive takeaway from this game. Yep. And you look at the personnel on both units, and it should be this way. It should look as promising as it did. And I can't wait for them to get a few more reps in game action with the complete units yeah. too because it has been just a little bit spliced up no miko tonight yeah. yeah exactly he is such a killer on that top unit that it is going to be really potent i think for teams to defend against in the regular season and i'm excited for that to come together and touch on that point too the second unit the tar was unbelievable like three rushes in a row i believe he came in clean maybe they found the guy right now who knows i mean who knows who's going to be on that someone's not going to be on it because you can't have seven guys on it right can only have five too many men. That's a penalty, AJ, in this league. <laughs> Not against Montreal. <laughs> it, I, Look, I will always remember that, okay? <laughs> Forever, for the rest of my life. No matter what happens with my brain, I will always remember Montreal with seven guys on the ice for like a minute and a half against the Avs. And it was just cool. <laughs> if you can get away with it, yeah. make it count. Yes. Uh, I, I do want to talk more about that power play and the new guys there. Jonathan Druid picks up a couple of points tonight, working on a power play. <laughs> you get a, a deflection goal from Rijo. Realistically, can we expect this power play to start strong with this many new pieces on it? They got plenty of work tonight. I'm sure they've worked on it throughout the offs, the preseason and meetings and whatever. Should the expectation be, hey, these guys should be hot on the power play out of the gate? Or do you think there's still some more chemistry to build there? Power plays are always cyclical, so who knows? But that top unit, uh, Ryan Johansson subs in for JT Confer, and otherwise it's all world. It should be hot always. We know that's not how it works, but they're way too talented uh, to, to not score pretty regularly on it. Yeah. Okay. I think there are some growing pains with the second unit because it is a lot of new personnel sure. coming together. And... 
the games that we haven't been able to watch actually I think were the most revealing why these reps will be important because there is still <laughs> some chemistry that's building, like talking to Ryan Johansson, who's been playing alongside Nachushkin, more so he talked about how it just hadn't quite come together in that Dallas game that we weren't able to watch the other night. And I think that's going to be true and translate onto the power play for a little bit longer um, because Druin's kind of saddled between both PP1 and yeah. PP2. He, he sort of needs a little more consistency there then. And once that gets more final going into the regular season, I think we'll see the chemistry start to build. But I think that's just kind of true of a lot of these new additions in general right now, but not something that I'm worried about. Uh, whoever ends up where, based on tonight, the the math isn't going to change the, the all that much on PP one. Pass the puck to McKinnon or McCarr and let him shoot, and you'll probably score a goal. <laughs> Sometimes it's that easy. <laughs> uh, I I do think PP two is interesting. You mentioned it with with Tatar, seeming as like he might be sliding into that entry guy role. AJ and I were comparing him to Burakovsky during the game. Mm. <laughs> Where is the, the value hierarchy on that role? Is that something the Avs are really actively looking to fill? Or is that just a nice bonus from Tatar and you're really looking for him to be that shooter in the offensive zone or do other things more importantly? More than anything, you want a consistent guy that brings the puck into the zone and gets you set up and then go from there. So I think that was the most valuable thing that we saw out of Tatar on the second unit. Is uh, that includes that insane pass that he made to Colton on the back door through yeah, traffic. So that should have been a goal. Kind of got into Colton's skates a little bit, unfortunately. But yeah. I mean, that's so that's so bang bang that when it oh, works, yeah. you're like, oh, easy. And then when it doesn't, you're like, what well. can you do? It, it, is that something they can extrapolate to five on five, though? It, can t- Tatar kind of step into the role on that line of the the guy driving play through the neutral zone? Or do you think that's still something that should probably fall on Colton's shoulders. Well, I mean, I think both of them. I, I mean, mean exa- sure. Exactly, but right. You know, you, you have one primary guy that you're looking I, to do I, that. I've always liked him in the neutral zone. I've always felt that that's where you notice him in the game. You're sitting in the press box or you're trying to evaluate Tuna Tatar. You know what I mean? I, I think his neutral zone plays really good. I, I've always liked that about him. Uh, almost like a sentiment at times, you know what I mean? Like it just kind of feels like he's got that, that smarts. He is smart. He's a smart player, and that that I think that's where he thrives. Uh, but I but I agree with you. If you're gonna compare the two in a sense, like maybe it's just easier to bring it up the wing and give it to Tatar, and he's the one that carries it in instead of uh, Colton doing the, that job, you know. And maybe it's a little soft dump, and Colton goes to work down there with Wood, and you know what I mean. So I do believe these three will find chemistry. Um, it just takes time sometimes, and, and and tonight it's not a cut dry game, a lot of penalties. I mean that's probably why Dermy didn't get as much ice time. And then, <laughs> I'm just trying to get AJ going. Um, I mean, but I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just gonna say we've spent more time talking about him <laughs> during the preseason than he has spent playing on the ice. So you know, since you guys are bringing into this, bringing us into this room, let's talk about it. You played Curtis McDermott less than six minutes in a preseason game. At one point, you were up by three goals. Is that just is what it is? There's a bunch of power play time, write it off? Or is that a, hey, if you don't even trust this guy to play minutes in a preseason game, how can you play him in the regular season? 
I don't think it's trust, man. I think it's all about getting, you know, McCarr and McKinnon and those guys. Yeah. Timing and touches together. Okay. So you're trying to get back into so that you're rhythm just a little bit. Not so. worried about tuning him up at all, really. You're and, getting everybody else going. Well, and like, what do you need to see from Curtis McDermott? Man, it's a fair full, point. Like, you, you, you know who he is. You know who he's going to be. Yeah. It's like his third or fourth preseason game. You know, like he's gotten into games. He's like, you don't, he doesn't need that ice time. It's more valuable to get McCarr a little bit yeah. extra ice time or, you know, pick, pick a couple of these guys. Yeah, about chemistry and, again, and getting I, it together. I, I, yeah. I started messing around there with that, but it was one of those nights. It was a lot of power plays. Yeah. And not just for him. I'm talking for anybody. It's not a lot of flow to the game. You know what I mean? It's tough to get going when there's no flow to a game, especially when it's preseason. You're sitting there, you're looking at the clock, and you're like, oh, man, one more period. Right? I, I know everybody's a pro athlete, everybody, but everybody wants to get down to the real practices this week and get on the flight. And get down to California and get ready for the season. So you do look at the clock and you're just like, man, can this go down to zero? So and then there was some penalties and there's just no flow to the game and it is what it is, you know. Yeah. You move on and you go from there. But I just like I said, just happy that McCarr looked good, felt good, McKinnon looked good, felt good. Hopefully Byron's fine, right? You know, with that that hit. I'm sure you guys want to talk about that later. But yeah. I just want to be I, all I know is the big guys, I mean I thought they they were good. I think they got what they needed, and they'll be ready to go. I think the Curtis McDermott conversation is why I'm not ultimately disappointed with the outcome of this game because even the middle six as it's constructed is a result of not having access to your full forward group that you're expecting in opening night, and that's where the chemistry gets a little mi mi mixed up. Like You don't have Wood, Colton, and Tatar together sure. for this game, mm -hmm. and they get then some reps like... Tatar and Colton are on PP2 together at points, and I, I think it can extend into five-on-five -five hockey because of what they've been able to yep. do together, at least through their power play time. But until they get a little bit more complete game playing alongside one another, sure. I'm not hitting any sort of panic button about chemistry. And so the same is true of then the night that Logan O'Connor and Freddie Olofsson had. It is a little bit to their detriment, but they do get a lot of opportunities on the penalty kill to show to Jared Bednar what they're capable of. But as far as that forward line throughout the course of the game, it's definitely held back a little in what they're capable of doing. And you talk about disruption of the flow. Certainly just the way this game unfolded disrupts flow, but yeah. also not having full trust to deploy that fourth line the way that you would expect a fourth line to be deployed in the regular season is one reason why this isn't the best evaluation of all of these forwards in one place. Yeah. And you know, I, I do think part of that conversation, LOC, another guy who's playing in what is fourth preseason game or something like that. It can be a fair point that, Hey, look, tonight's not about you. It is. Yeah. So looking at other things to say the least in Colorado and as far as the big names are concerned, I don't think any of us have any any problems with how that looked. So hard to, hard to complain too much, even if the final score did get a little bit squirrely. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by the folks over at FOCO. You can go get your bobbleheads today or, of course, licensed sports apparel and other options from FOCO. Get 10% off with code DNVR10 at FOCO.com. Go in there, take a look. They have all sorts of cool stuff. You can I already mentioned the bobbleheads and the apparel, but they also have other kind of like knickknacks and, and accessories and things like that. So if you want like pins or, or shoes and things, they've got you covered. Any team in the country, basically, not just Avs, not just Colorado, whoever you root for, FOCO will take care of it and have you ready to go. Use the DNVR code again to get 10% off at FOCO.com. 
And then, if you're sad about the Avs blowing the lead, have a Breck brew. If you're happy preseason is over, <laughs> have a Breck brew. If you're ready for the regular season to start, have a Breck brew. Whatever the occasion, Breck brew has you covered. Go get yourself some Breckenridge Brewery beer at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com to find it. They're in all 50 states. They've got all sorts of flavors, a flavor for everyone. They have their uh, the mini kegs of the Oktoberfest. Lager is out there if you're looking for that. So all, They also usually have mini kegs of their Christmas beer when it comes around. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, check them out. Again, Breck Brew, you can get eight different kinds down here at the bar, too. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about the guys, call it fighting for roster spots, whatever. Guys in that conversation. You look at the defense, I think this was already going to be the case, but if there was any conversation left, tonight kind of summed it up. Sam Alinsky, go get some AHL time. Get your feet under you in pro hockey. And then we'll reassess you as a NHL <clears throat> defenseman. Still think he'll get games this year, but he just wasn't quite there yet, in my opinion. Do you guys think he's close? Do you, are you chalking up some of this to the same sort of hey, you know, he's playing with the Jack Johnson tonight, something he hasn't done a ton of, or is it just hey, we've seen you at NHL speed now, you understand what it takes, go work on it. Uh, for for me, man, Ed, he's just not ready. Okay. He, he, the defensive details have a long way to go. The stuff that he does with the puck is, isn't bad, but, like, the breakaway that happens in the four-on-four. Four, yeah. Because he's at the opposing blue line while that puck Floats is getting the broken middle. up. Yeah. Like, it's a nice play in the neutral zone by Vegas, but, like, he puts himself in a terrible position by attacking up ice the way that he did. And, you know, a little bit of that is also Jack Johnson doesn't read that very well and doesn't make a very good play himself. Yep. Um, and so that's that's what you're talking about with them kind of being a little misaligned and kind of each, understanding how each other is going to operate. But, uh, you know, I thought I thought both of those guys were bad tonight. And you can't just look at Sam Malinsky and say, you, you blame Jack Johnson. Well, Jack Johnson had to play with Sam Malinsky. <laughs> and... They did not bring out the best in one another tonight. Certainly not. Um, and so for Sam Malinsky, who may or may not have been still fighting for that spot, like if he was absolute dynamite tonight, like maybe he makes it right. But even then, I would say pretty unlikely unless Josh Manson was hurt. Then like, who knows? Um, but yeah, so for Malinsky, I just think. It's not, he's not there yet. He definitely needs, I would say, probably a month of AHL time. You know, sure. we'll put him in camp, let him play a handful of games, however many Eagles games, and then we'll go, go from, from there. there. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see him again at some point this season, I'm pretty sure. But just based on the preseason, there just wasn't enough good there to say that, oh, yeah, he doesn't need to. S- sit and sit from the press box and watch and you know all those things that come with being the seventh d on a team that's trying to win every night yeah dude that needs to play yeah i I think the reality with malinsky too is coming into this preseason 
it was a tough balance to strike of wanting to play to your strengths as a player and overcoming the fear of making mistakes. And I think that you saw that in the different versions of Malinsky we saw throughout some of these games. There was a Malinsky that didn't make very many mistakes but played a quiet game, and the Malinsky that did try to attack up ice mm. made mistakes. And I actually like to see him make those mistakes because I think that's how he learns. Yep. And I don't view this as a failure from his perspective. Like if I was yeah. Sam Malinsky, I would have no reason to hang my head in shame. It was ambitious to roll into an NHL lineup straight out of preseason yeah. after only dropping in a handful of American League games at the end of last year. And seeing how quickly he assimilated to that pace, I think the perspective of AJ's, you know, give him a month at the American League level is a pretty valid one. And I don't even know what the timeline looks like for Malinsky, but I think he is a quick learner and does need more reps in game action. He'll get more meaningful minutes in Loveland than he would being the seventh man on the Avs roster now anyways. And it was important for him to make some of these mistakes and also try to find that confidence to be the player that got him here in the first place. Jared Bednar, this isn't his first viewing of Malinsky. He saw Malinsky in some of those Coachella games at the end of last year when the Avs are out of the playoffs. So he knows what Malinsky looks like when he can play to his strengths, and that's why that is the expectation from him. And he just hasn't met it yet. But I don't feel disappointment in how this has shaped out for him, and I'm still really excited because I talk about the upside that he teases and the tools that he teases, and I still think all of that's true. He does need more time, but I'm really excited to see what that looks like because I think he's going to work hard with the Eagles. Well, I, I think it all depends on, and I'm not saying he's hurt or anything, but Manson, you know. Yeah. Coaches do like lefties and righties and, you know, fitting their spots. And, you know, he is a righty. Uh, they don't have a ton of them to, to call uh, up, you know. Like him and Nate Corbin. Well, uh, so this is the conversation I want to get into yeah. with that. Let's say Manson theoretically yeah. isn't ready to go. Yeah. Is it, hey, we'll run with Malinsky, Brad Hunt, whatever their number seven is they feel comfortable with. Or is this a, hey, we need to be hunting the waiver wire or we need to be looking for someone else? Well, it has to fit their, their right, as you guys know, their, their cat, whatever I mean, situation I, they're going to be look, in. Look, I'm right? like kind yeah. of operating under the idea that Francois might well end up yeah. on LTIR Perfect. at this point. Okay, so that gives you a little room, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, that's my point. I, I don't know where they're at with Mans. And I'm not saying he's hurt. I'm saying that we haven't seen him a lot this preseason, right? It's I true. Mean, he even missed some practices. He played one and, game. Yeah, and that's 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 my fear there that maybe he's not ready. So, and, and maybe there is no solutions out there, you know, for short term, for long term, uh, and maybe Sam Malinsky is, you know, what I mean, which, I mean, I, I listen, I'm fine with it. It's just that it's going to take a little time. We saw it tonight. College hockey is not the NHL. NHL, they're men. I mean, they're they're big boys. They're big bodies. It takes a little bit of time when you're going in the corner against a guy that's. You know, like our number 13, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not the same thing as going against an 18-year-old that plays at, you know, St. Cloud State or whatever it is, right? It's a different league. Uh, guys are powerful, uh, powerful, they're strong. It takes a little bit of time to get your timing, to get your reads. Uh, I, I think he's a little bit behind there. Do I like him? Yes. Do I think he'll play in the NHL? Yes. Do I think he'll play a lot with the Avs this year? I do believe so. Um and I'm not saying he's been sent down, or I'm just saying, I think that why you're still seeing him in the last preseason game is for those reasons, because right now he is an option. And for a guy like that, little things like that matter. And, and I'm going to say something very stupid: getting on a plane, getting acclimated to 
traveling with the guys and getting on the, uh, in an NHL building on the road, it makes a difference. You know what I mean? So, so when or if it does happen, you know, where could be next week, could be in two weeks, could be in a month, then you're a little more familiar with that. Forget about your play on the ice. It's just, it's just all the off-ice stuff. And, of course, your stuff on the ice. He's been put in situations these past 10 days that he might not be put in. You know what I mean? Like, get on the ice with two, three minutes to go and, you know, try to defend the lead. And, you know, and I think it just shows you, you know, then it's an easy conversation between him and the coaching staff. Say, hey, this is where you're at. This is where you need to be. And this is what you need to do. And wherever it's going to happen with him. But I do believe that it's all tied into Manson. That's just my thought. Fair enough. Uh, on the flip side, you did have Riley Tufty in tonight as well. Uh, I thought he did some good things. He definitely had some struggles as well. I know uh, you two were not very happy with him. Realistically, especially as we're sitting here and Cogliano has become a bit of a question mark according to the Avs, <laughs> is that Riley Tufty's spot if Cogliano's not going at this point? Uh, yeah. It looks like it. Would, right? would you entertain the idea of Ben Myers there? I would. Okay. Riley Tufty's terrible. I like Ben Myers at wing, too. Like, I'd prefer he could play center more because they have the deed there, but he's actually a really great winger. I do. I, I like Ben Myers, too. I mean, I'm just saying, as a plug, as a, you know... Um, yeah, I don't mind. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just saying, we're, we're talking about, right? I mean, I don't know. God, I hate, Look, talk, I hate talking about it. I know, but that's where the battles are. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I yeah. agree with that, you know. Rudo, tonight he was Riley Rufty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer Tufty to Byers? I don't know. I. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates my jokes. I sorry. Ridiculous. <laughs> I think Ben Myers will be an NHLer in the sense that I want him to play. I don't want him to be one night on the fourth line right wing and then yeah. is st stuck in the press box once yeah. Cogliano gets yeah. back. And I think Tufty is at a point in his career now where it's more of a like. You either hack it or you don't, bud. You either have to prove you can be that 13th forward or it might never happen for you. So That's a good point. Uh, that's where I'm at with that. I know, Eric, you're, you have some question marks about his ability to play at the NHL level, though. So No, I, I, I mean, it comes down to, and again, it goes for Ben Myers, too. It's just, I, and, and that's why out of the bunch, I like Olofsson. Because well, and he's the one we have. That's why. That's why I'm saying, saying, but, yeah. that, but that's why I think we have him because it's not. I, I say it all the time, but it's so. It's a true statement. It's hard to play six to eight minutes. It is. It is hard. So, and to be effective, you know what I mean. And 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 I don't know if Ben Myers can do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Riley Tufty can do that. We saw it. Nine forty four tonight. Who? Nine forty four. For which one? Tufty. Tufty. Yeah. And in the regular season, it probably goes down to, you know, mm -hmm. seven, you know, give and take on any given night, you know, if it's a tight game. Well, he keeps it's getting a, bullied, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough way to play. So you got to be able to, to do it. For me, like Will Carrier, that's why I use Will Carrier all the time. Whether you like him or not, 
he can play three minutes, seven minutes, 12 minutes, and they're all the same. You know, he, his, his play doesn't dip if he doesn't get out there. And, and that's an art. And that's why he's one of the most coveted guys every year on, as a fourth-line guy. guys. Yeah, yeah, not as a Nathan McKinnon. So that, but again, that's a high standard for me. And that's why I like Olofsson. I do believe he can do it. He, he can find those minutes. And that's why I say it's hard for Ben Myers because you're a college guy that, you know, puts up points and plays a lot. And, and then you come to this situation. It's hard. And I'm not saying it's hard with your ego. I'm saying it's hard because you're you're just not used to playing. You know, you you're on the bench and you're like, God, you know, when am I gonna, you know, it's just, it's hard. <laughs> and then you get out there and then you're you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? You you don't feel the puck and and you gotta remember, like the worst you can, the worst thing you can do, uh, which goes with my point, the worst thing you can do is when you play the Avs is to give them power plays early in the game. Why? Because then the McKinnons of the world and the Rantanens and McCars, they start feeling the puck. They're dancing out there. They're like, oh, they feel good about themselves. They feel good about their game. But when you, a guy like Ben Myers that's used to play those minutes in, in college and now you don't get those minutes, you don't get those power play times, it's, it's tough to find your game. You know what I mean? It is. And I, I think as a pro, it's your job to, to figure it out. And some guys just can't. And, and some guys never, never find their game that way. So... I'm not saying Ben will never find it. I'm saying that Olofsson is ahead of Tufty and, you know, in those situations and Ben Myers. I think the tough sell in the Tufty Myers specifically, because I'm, I'm in agreement that Freddie Olofsson came ahead in all of this. And yeah. it's because of the impact Olofsson can have in the game beyond just five on five. He is on the penalty kill contributing in that way. And he can eat up minutes so. at the bottom of the lineup. Where I struggle with Tufty tonight specifically is he had a little bit of elevated opportunity in having some talent alongside him on the third line in, I believe it was Wood and Colton. Yeah. And doesn't get on special teams, isn't really trusted there. And in seeing him against more NHL caliber matchups, he wasn't winning all of those battles. He wasn't always making the best decisions with the puck. And I think at NHL speed opposite NHL caliber players is where it was more revealing why Tufty isn't a full-time NHLer. And that's what gets tough is Ben Myers is still learning that part of his game. For like sure. he's still adapting to that pace in a lot of ways too. Yep. But I've seen Ben Myers against NHL caliber players a little bit more. And I'm more comfortable with his body of work right now than I am with Riley Tufty's. I think that's a fair statement. And how many players have we seen that get opportunities in the abs bottom six where it's like, Hey, they are capable of doing good things, making quality plays. But when you make a bad mistake, when you lose a puck battle, you see how quick it is with NHL head coaches that say, you're hurting me. I'm not playing you again. It happens quick. So. Well, the leash is definitely shorter. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, and I think it's natural, you know? So yeah. And, I, I, look, again, we've talked about this a lot this preseason. We fully expect all of Tufty, Myers, and Olofsson to get a significant number of games this year via injury or otherwise. So be prepared to see all of them, and whoever plays the best in their opportunities will ultimately earn the job. But I do think the hierarchy at this point is pretty clearly Olofsson 1, Myers 2, Tufty 3, and maybe the Avs like Myers more as a center, so they don't want to put him on wing, something like that. We'll see. But it's just the reality of, of how things have played out this preseason, in my opinion. So I would say Olofsson one, Tufty two, and Myers three, if they were willing to put Tufty at wing. 
Like if Cogliano's not ready for opening night, right? Sure. Yeah. Like Tufty plays that spot over Ben Myers. I think. I think that's a fair, a fair argument. Ed, where Ben Myers is going to, yeah, yeah, where Myers pushes as a center. Yep, Ed, for sure. This Myers is pretty clearly call up one if they need a center. I don't yeah. think that's a hard conversation to have. Um, yep. We'll see. I I don't know. For me, I'm just ready for the season to get started at this <laughs> point. <laughs> what's what's tougher that waiting for preseason games and then for them to end or now waiting for the next like five days yeah. between them this five days gonna be uh gonna be tough <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a long five days to say the least but I, I, well i don't know tonight's preseason game was all right i didn't hate it oh yeah as far as preseason games go it was entirely watchable Compared oh, yeah. to preseason games that we literally couldn't watch, <laughs> it's a lot better. Some of the ones we could. Yeah, there were some not pretty ones. That first one, especially, you're, is every year you're like, woohoo, <laughs> hockey, and then you get a period into it and you're like, oh, <laughs> there's five more of these. How things. much can we call this hockey? Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. Is what it is in the preseason. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by the folks over at Game Time. If you want to get your tickets, hockey tickets are now for regular season games, so you probably want to go to a couple of those. Get them through Game Time. You can also use the code DNVR when you download the Game Time app, and you can get $20 off your purchase. Game Time is one of the best ways to get the best priced tickets out there. Highly recommend you get over there. Uh, what everyone at DNVR does is they're kicking around on game day and they wait until there's a couple hours before the start of the game. And that's when you can get the best tickets because people are trying to sell them quick. They're trying to get rid of them and you can find great deals on great seats with game time. The coolest part is you can go see where you're sitting through game time. They have the every arena in the country. They know where all the tickets are. You go in, you look, you can see what the view is like. So you know what you're getting yourself into uh, they're really good at what they do. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. There's a link down in the description if you want to go there and get through to the Game Time app that way, or of course you can just download it yourself from the App Store. However you want to do it, Game Time been used by over 15 million people getting tickets, so lots of people are getting in on the Game Time action. Uh, once again. Go get that app today, and when you do, use the DNVR code to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Uh, twenty DNVR to get that twenty dollars off. Download it today. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I don't think we have a ton more to say about this game. I know we had a couple super chats though, so let's get to those first. <laughs> Uh, $10 from Broker who says totally unrelated to hockey, but I've decided that Denver fans need Joe and C-Mac to also go mm -hmm. be GMs of the Rockies and possibly the Broncos to teach them <laughs> how to build a good team. Uh, no comment. Both of those guys <laughs> would walk in and go get better players and then walk back out. I mean, so yeah, I, I don't think it's that compliment complicated. Yeah. The Broncos did win a chip in relatively recent history. Yeah, a little long on the tooth on that one, but yeah. But it's within 10 years. Yeah. It still counts. Uh, the Rockies, does the GM matter if the owner sucks? Look, I'm not really going to get into this, but like. Sure. The Rockies have made consecutive postseasons one time in their history. Ever, yeah. And it was just a few years ago. 
So I'm just I'm just saying like I'm. They botched it from there, but like. It would be unfair if all four teams were really good at the same time. Just be happy. You're an Avs fan and the Avs have Joe and C-Mac. Right. right. Live, like, live in that world. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and then $5 from the Schick, who says, I'm so happy hockey's back, hoping to be at opening night. LA DNVR is the best. Thanks for off-season content. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I wonder how bad tickets are in LA for opening night. Question. Let me jump on game time real yeah, quick. Yeah, go check out game time. <laughs> I, don't, I, I just assume everything in LA is like incredibly expensive, Same. so I don't actually know. Uh, but should be fun. I mean... Get used to these uh, these late podcasts. I'll say for the start of the season, mm-hmm. lot Eric's of lot adjusting. of late games. Yeah, Eric's <laughs> falling asleep in his chair over here. I, he needs the smelling salts. Someone bust oh, him out. I gotta bring those next week. Doll, you actually have some. <laughs> yes, we're definitely recording a video I of us that. doing that. Yeah, that's the best. I, that's what I miss about playing the smelling salts <laughs> <laughs> on the bench. Before. Were, were you, did know. you actually use them a lot? Oh, buddy, I used to suck it right on my nose. <laughs> All right. After a while, you get immune to it. We're them. definitely doing this. That's definitely. This once. Yeah. Something we've got to do for one of our here. shows. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Look at that. Tiff is looking up ticket prices. The I was going to say, right there. game time tickets in LA are not bad. There you go. That's why you should use game time. Some in the $30, $40 range. Wow. Actually, a bunch, not just For some. opening night? That's yes. good prices. It's really LA, good. man. They care about the Lakers. You're not wrong on that front. Uh, we care a lot about the Nuggets. Uh, one other. Oh, there's some banter going on there. Love it. Uh, two other things I wanted to talk about. One, Georgiev. He had one other game where I think he felt like he probably didn't play very well. Gave up the three goals. He didn't really like any of them. I, tonight, made, him a, I made him a dud that night, and somebody yeah. got mad at me. Uh, tonight, <laughs> I got an a- angry DM about it. it was, I was like, okay. And not Jeez. really his fault on. Any of the goals, I think you could argue. It's kind of a fat rebound on the game winner. Sure. It's a scrambly play, and there's a lot of problems with it, including Byram getting his head squashed into the glass. Yeah, well, which we'll talk about. But third yeah. goal is a is a tip in directly in front of him. That's a great goal. Yeah. That's a great goal. Second goal directly off a of face-off goes barring in. And that's one of those goals when you talk about defensive details with Sam Malinsky. Defending that way better than what he did is one of those things that you need to see an adjustment yeah. out of. And that's one that, hey, they'll put that on video and they'll talk to him about it. And that's on him to figure it out. And then first goal, Jack Johnson was on a adventure of adventures. It wasn't even an adventure, man. He just controller disconnects in the middle of the zone. He's way too high. He doesn't see Petrangelo walking down low. And then when he does, he has no foot speed. It's like watching a dude with cement in his skates. <laughs> like he can't. Jack Johnson has to make the right read defensively because he do, he cannot recover from it, yeah. uh, as we saw. And so, yeah. And then lastly, the Byram hit at the end of the game. He did stay on the bench after it, but I think we were all, all when we saw it, we were all like, oof, that does not look good for Byram, a guy with a concussion history. Yeah, how little all of us cared about the goal compared to, oh, God, no, not this again. Yeah. So, you know, I... Hopefully he's fine. Again, he stayed on the bench until the final buzzer, so he didn't get pulled right away or anything. Um, I I don't really know what to make of it. Like I don't think that's a dirty hit or anything. I didn't either. Thought it was was relatively clean. Lucky play. Byram just kind of 
awkwardly goes into the boards on yeah. it. Hopefully he's fine, and tomorrow we're not talking about this again. That's all I really have to say about it. I mean, there's, I mean, there's nothing much more to say for me. I yeah. Mean, right. Cross your fingers. Make sure he's good. That's yeah, all you can do. Especially Byron's previous concussion issues cropped up days later. That is true. And so him yeah. finishing, the, it's like, yeah, that's a Normal. good sign. Had he immediately been like, this is a problem. That's like, a really bad sign. Right. Yeah. Um, but of course, now we're in that situation once again where, hey, the next two days if are he wakes up days. on Monday and it's like, yeah. So they don't return to the ice until Sunday. So we won't have any kind of update for the next few days. We all just get to sit and be like, sure hope he's great. <laughs> yeah. Sure hope he is. Uh, What else? Uh, yeah, Georgiev made a dope save 20 feet out of his net. That was oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that kick save? Yeah. That was <laughs> Kick save? It's like a skate save. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he barely gets it. Uh, that was fun. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to add if you guys want to add anything else. No? such a crazy play to begin with. <laughs> he went on his own little adventure. He did, he did have his own adventure. Quite scary. <laughs> I like the way he looks. I mean, I, I, I'm <laughs> confident for next week. I, I think he's he's going to have a stellar season. I like the way he looks. I like the way he's his feet are. I like the way he's confident. I I I am no no doubt about his uh, his readiness for next week. Look, if Byram does end up being okay, you come out of this preseason at least as healthy as you came in. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a win. I also think you know, Eric mentioned earlier, Kale McCarr looking great. Yeah, all that. Great. supposedly was nursing an injury. He looked just fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Nathan McKinnon looks like he is uh, uh, completely level. locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, if he elevates his game from last season, like we're we're, we're we we're might be on all time level well, stuff. We yeah. might be on the precipice of watching the greatest single avalanche season avalanche ever. season ever by you know by one dude here. Yep. Uh, that that is what individual means, AJ. Uh, so like, you know, like uh, I I've overreacted enough to Jonathan Duran and Riley Tufty in opposite directions. <laughs> but like with Nathan McKinnon, I'm just it sure does just feel like he's very ready for this. Yeah. But other guys that I I, I mean Val Nichushkin looked. Yep. Really, really, really good. Banging home in oh, a yeah. freebie tonight. Yeah. yeah, I mean the goal is a free one, but you're. That's what he does though. You talk. We were. I, I've expressed a lot of concern over the last six months about the burst in his skating. It seemed and the, all right. Seemed he looked all right. really, really, really good. So I'm. Uh, you know, there's Ryan Johansson made a really nice play on the PK, which I was like, "What in the world is this?" <laughs> Ross Colton, I thought was great. Six shots on goal, drove the hell out of play. Um, you know, a lot of positives feeling, to take. Yeah, like feeling plenty good about the guys that you really, from a, really from a game at the top that of you the blew a three goal lead in. Feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and like you built the three goal lead in a certain way where you're like, come in, come on. <laughs> Logan Thompson kind of plays like shit. Yeah, and, you know. So I'm, I don't know. I I walk out of the preseason feeling. I walked in looking at the Avalanche on paper and feeling like, God, these guys are could be really good this year. And then Duran and Johansson. Feels like a lot of that is coming Colton, to fruition. Tatar, yeah. yeah, like I'm walking out of it feeling probably even better. Assuming Byram is healthy. Right. That's a really big caveat. Okay, we made it to tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's wrap up the preseason. Tight 43, let's go. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Let's go. If you want more season preview stuff, our preview of the Avs defense drops tomorrow. Be sure to check that video out here on YouTube, so like and subscribe so you don't miss anything. We will also be doing a podcast, as usual, tomorrow, 2 p.m. Tune in for that. Then we're off for the weekend, and it's pretty much go time from there. So we appreciate all y'all. We will see you the next time we see you. Until then, <laughs> goodbye. So graceful. Like the mayor.